So, um, let's see, who can I, who can I impose upon? Who do I do to? Could you be a roving mic, the phone person? Let's go grab, I don't know, let's grab number two. So this is a curveball for everyone in the tech department right here. Don't worry, I'm not going to call on you. Number two. Completely volunteer. Oh, Deb. Oh, Deb. I believe you have been given alternate instructions by your husband, which is not me, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, you can sit down and hang out for a second. Um, so we're going to get to these homeless kits here in a moment, and I wanted to speak to that in this message time this morning. But I wondered if we might start with uh, anyone who would like to share something, but uh, I, have, I have two questions on my mind, one of which is, what is an experience that you maybe personally have had dealing with someone who's just in a bad way, that way their life has uh, handed them some terrible cards, or they're dealing with personal issues that have put them into an untenuous, uh, difficult situation where maybe they don't have food stability or home stability. And I don't want you to mention any names or say anything that would be embarrassing to someone else if they happen to hear it. I'm just wondering, what is your, what lens do you perhaps look through when you think about this issue and which has now become so uh, enormous and prevalent in our community here in Alaska? You know, while I was in uh, Alabama, which I will uh, share more with you in the next couple of weeks about the trip there to Alabama to to meet Luke 418 Fellowship. And, and I'll say this because a couple of people have asked, uh, even though I tried to preload this trip as much as possible, I am not looking for another job. I did not go for a job interview. I'm not trying to play it behind the scenes here like, oh, look at me take this vacation when actually I'm trying to get away from you. None of that is true. We are, as far as we know, I mean, we can't, we, he holds tomorrow. But as far as we're concerned, Karen and I, because we are here together, we, we are uh, joined together in ministry, this is where God has us. Uh, he's had us here for a long time. We don't see that ending on the near horizon. Uh, we, we have all the same hopes and dreams of everyone else in January and February in Alaska that we would God would call us to someplace with warmth and sunshine. For the last 30 years of full-time ministry, he has failed to do so, in spite of occasional repeated pleading. But we love it here with you. And right now, this is where we're called. So there's no subtext to my trip. I will tell you about the actual text here in the next few weeks. might even try to set up an event where we spend some time having a little question and answer back and forth with us. But the core of it was for us to go and, and explore partnership, long-term partnership with a like-minded church who wants to do something outside of their own community and who will offer potential opportunities for us to do things outside of our own community. And it really looks like some wonderful things could be on the horizon. Now, part of our conversation, of course, anywhere you know this, you go anywhere outside of Alaska, they want to know about the weather, right? So I would just pull up my, my camera that's on my driveway through my security system at home and just go like this. This is, this is the weather right now. And it happened to be the day that the last
last day that it was snowing out of all the many days that it was snowing. And again, I see Dave is here, uh, our plow guy. God bless you. The bill hurts, but the work is so good. You do such a great job. Thank you for keeping us cleared and safe in the parking lot. But um, they had questions, intentional questions, about the culture of Alaska, the culture of Anchorage. Uh, what does it look like, and, and what are the people like, and how is it different, obviously, than the culture of Mobile, Alabama? And one of the things we touched on was was the crisis of homelessness and houselessness that we have here. And, and, and asking them to think upon, this morning, praise God, it was nine degrees, right? Because four or five days ago, it was what, negative six, negative, negative seven? And there are neighbors living in tents, in spaces where they're, they found some measure, some kind of safety to exist within the boundaries of our city here. There are people in the shelters, our, our main sporting and venue, right, has become a shelter with no end in sight because if they close the door tomorrow, there are scores of people that they don't know where they're going to go. So I'm curious to know, what are some of your experiences? And then secondly, what in your mind, and I'm not speaking, I don't want to hear about government. I don't want to hear about the mayor. I don't want to hear about the president of China. None of that stuff. What do you think are the challenges that you face as an individual in helping to make a difference in the lives of some of those people that you've met? I'm just going to let that sit there for a moment. I mean, if you're ready to go, you can shoot up a hand. Christopher will come and, uh, and let you speak. And I'll ask you to speak into the microphone because uh, we have folks joining us on live stream, and they won't hear you if you don't. And there's Mr. Ashley, Mr. Don Ashley, who, by the way, is scheduled for uh, open-heart surgery on March 22nd to replace a, a failing heart valve. And we are so grateful for that appointment to be made and for the technology to do it, continue to pray for him. And I'll mention a couple of others as we go along here in just a few moments. Sir? Oh, no, dead yet? Sure, why not?
Awesome. Can I pick on you for, for a moment? Um, at the very beginning of your interaction with this person, did you find that later you had to let go of some preconceived ideas and notions? you find that that's something that you struggle with still when you see people in those kinds of circumstances that that we make judgments? Strumpler duo over here. We're just going to do this for about five more minutes. So be brief.
So what I hear you saying in that is that the church should be should be carrying the banner. Absolutely. While she does that, I want to, um, I love stories of redemption like Don has told and, and Jessica shared. Um, I want us to be mindful that on the flip side of that, there are also people uh, caught up in, whether it's addiction or mental health struggles, where a redemption story is really a far out idea. chronic issues that maybe they're not ready to deal with and some that they are unable to deal with. And I want us to be reminded that in the economy of God, the redemption story and the hopeless cause have equal value. They equally deserve to be treated as humans, as people. And make no mistake, sometimes that can be difficult. And I understand. But we must be resolved as believers, as, as wanting to be banner carriers of, of, of charity and kindness towards our neighbors who are in trouble that we don't sort them based on potential. We have not experienced it much here at Christ Community just because of our geographic location. Um, we experienced a fair amount of it at Faith Baptist Church way back in the day um, because it sits in the heart of Spinard. When I was at um, True North Church, which is now housed in Muldoon Road Baptist Church, the building that was Muldoon Road Baptist Church, they now occupy that which is right there in the middle of, you know, East Anchorage, some of our uh, most challenging economic uh, structure there, families uh, with a lot of uh, economic issues and social uh, challenges there. It's just that, that part of town seems to uh, engender that. And so they see, obviously, a lot more of the, whether you want to, to identify some folks as, as the indigent who just have nowhere, nothing. I mean, they literally have nothing and nowhere to go. They're not simply houseless, but even their identity to a degree has been stripped from them because of their circumstances and the issues that they have. To every other strata of this struggling part of our community you can think of, uh, they have a fair amount of that traffic. And one of the Sundays that I was preaching there, a, a woman walked in to, while I was preaching, with her big 
heavy, filthy coat on and garbage bags slung over her shoulders and dragging a cart, you know, that was full of her life. And uh, I've had a fair amount of experience personally with that over the years. And so I just looked over and I said, well, hello, you know, welcome, you know, come on in. We're just having church and I would love for you to, to sit and hear what we're doing. And so she went and she sat down. And then I was just thrilled to see a couple of the folks from the church came, brought her a cup of water, sat down and, and chatted with her. And then she was kind of done with the whole thing and got up and went out the doors at the other end of the, of the building. But even that simple thing, I have no idea what her mental state is. I don't know what her circumstances really are. But just to acknowledge them as a person and not a problem, as a human and not a distraction, and I've been in places where that's happened, where someone has come in off the street like that and they're treated as some sort of a, of a threat or a challenge as opposed to being acknowledged. And don't, you know, don't misunderstand. I don't know how many times in the last several weeks I've been preaching, I've had to say, don't misunderstand me, but here we are again. Uh, I'm not saying don't be wise, right? Don't be smart. Um, but maybe don't let your first sort be confrontation. All right, maybe time for one more, and then I'm going to read some scripture. All right, I see Hubert back there, all the way at the back at uh, Christopher Travel. It's good to see Connie here with us this morning, sitting very still. She had some neck fusion surgery. It's been two weeks now, two weeks tomorrow, and uh, healing well, according to the doctor, and Lord willing, she'll be back playing the bass guitar next week, but we got to talk that out. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right, sir. Ready to move this on unless somebody's got one something really burning that they want to say. I'll leave it open for just a moment if there's anybody. All right. Um, I had a thought and then it got lonely and went away. Um, yeah. There was something that Hubert said that made me think of that, but 
Let me just look at the scripture that I have for us today. And for some of you, this probably will not be a surprise scripture. Um, it's pretty pretty easy one to apply in this circumstance. But it's found in Matthew chapter 25. starts in verse 31. And it's something that I think of often when I think of doing things like we're doing. Uh, and then, Jim, don't let me forget to talk about Adam Legg before, we, before I finish today, because it's an important point I want to make. Um, so, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. I'm going to read it. I don't think I need to talk about it at all. So, here we go. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne... Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right with the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. That's a very stark tale. And we in the church tend to distill our righteousness before God, and rightly so, to the righteousness that is given to us in Christ. But we cannot separate from the righteousness that He gives to us, the good works that He calls us to do. Paul, writing one of the epistles, said that faith absent of works is dead. It's not real. It's never truly been brought to purpose. And we could make a, a long, long list of all the purposes that might be good for us to do. But when we reconcile with a passage of Scripture like this, direct from the words of Jesus, where he says, you must care for those who are naked and poor and thirsty, and hungry. And when you don't, you're offending Jesus himself. We just can't escape that. We try to do a number of things throughout the year. Uh, it would be wonderful if we did more 
At one time, we had some guys who were going almost every week, at least once a month, to the Gospel Rescue Mission and preaching and doing music and ministering to those guys. I don't know how much of that's even happening at the Gospel Rescue Mission anymore, but we don't have a group going to do that now. That's something that could potentially happen again. Uh, Prison ministry. We are engaged with Claire House and have been for over 20 years before we were Christ Community Church. Even we were engaged in that. Giving through our international, national missions, and many of those funds go directly towards helping those in places that don't have water, food, stable homes. And so today we'll take this effort, which we have done, I don't know how many years we've done this, uh, a while. Uh, Miss Jan Snodderly was really the banner carrier for that. And I'm super glad that we're going to continue that on, even though she has gone on and uh, is hanging out with Jesus right now. And we praise the Lord for her salvation, but we sure miss her being here to help us with these things. So, Jim, thank you for picking up that mantle. And almost everything that's back there on those tables is stuff that you brought, right? Well, thank you for those who participated and helped with that, and if you brought some things this morning. Um, And then... We have been talking a lot lately about vision, mission, direction, how, how that's going. And we described to you a process by which we try to work, which I will also tell you was exactly the process that the leadership at Week 418 Fellowship in Mobile, Alabama, described their way of working, which was encouraging. And that is that as leaders, Pastor Jason and I, along with our elders and other friends who are mentors to us, we, we ask questions, we pray, we read the Bible, we try to seek the direction of God, it's not always crystal clear. We determine a direction, and it may not be a, a, a huge whole direction. It might just be a tiny step in this way, and this was one of those. I'd been thinking about this. I called Jim, and I said, what do you think? He said, let's do it. I said, okay. So that's like the first confirmation. Is Jim goes, yeah, let's do it. And then he begins to work. But we talked about how as we begin to move, when it's something that God truly is leading in, Almost immediately, he begins to come alongside it and do things that we can't plan. We didn't ask for it. We didn't know it was coming. It just ties in with where we're going. And that's like his confirmation, and he makes it bigger than we can make it. And so I think this is one of those things that happened in this context. Jim did a lot of legwork. Folks gave some funds that he was able to use to, to purchase items to go in these bags. Even one of your daughters got involved, right? Right? So that was incredible. And then earlier this week, while I was traveling, on my Twitter, which is a dumpster fire, I know, we talk about this all the time, a a local guy named Adam Legg. Adam and I, by the way, have never met in person. We've been friends for like seven years. We've never met in person. Uh, He has taken pictures of me and my band with the boys at the state fair because he took over the fair's social media once and I didn't know he was there. That's the closest we've ever gotten to meeting in person. But we keep having these interactions. And this last week, on his public timeline, he said, does anyone know anybody who's doing anything for the homeless population in the near future? Let me know. And so I messaged back and I said, my church is doing homeless care kits on the 5th, and we're going to put them together and make them available for our church folk to take and put in their cars and give out to people. He says, great. 
Uh, would you like some socks? Sure, because do you know what often the number one request in homeless care kids is? Is socks. Because you know, you know how they are. They wear out. Uh, they get wet. You need a second pair. Whatever. I said, yeah, sure, whatever you can do. And he said, at the time, he said, well, uh, we've, we've been buying socks from Bombas. I don't know if you're familiar with Bombas, but if you buy a pair, they give a pair. And, uh, and they have a lot of socks. And so he was ready to give 200 pairs of socks to our effort. Jim already had 100 pairs, so he gave us another 100 to go in our bags today. And that sounds like such a small, simple thing, but to me, that's God coming alongside what we're doing because we didn't ask for it. He didn't know we were doing that. didn't know that that was a need that we had. And yet here it comes together to push this thing forward. And I'm excited about that. So, friends, I'm glad you're here today. Again, I hope you will stay with us through the whole thing. And I hope that as we do this together, which is, listen, there's a little bit of a maybe cognitive dissonance going to happen this morning because we're going to sit down and eat food hopefully as much as we want. I don't know what is here. We might have to ration. It just depends on how it goes. But we will eat. We will be fed. And then we're going to prepare bags for people who maybe have not eaten at all in the last three or four days. So be aware of your blessing and then be aware of our responsibility to care for folks in our community. And uh, I know that even this small gesture goes a long way. All right. So, uh, Worship team, come back and join me if you would, please. We'll sing one last song together. And hello, there we go. And then we'll uh, we'll have some other fun. Here we go.